Welcome to another edition of the Soccer Movie Podcast with Dave and Will. My name's Dave Roberts, and uh, with me is a man who can deconstruct a kitchen with his own bare hands, Mr. William Allspaugh. Will, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. Not doing much kitchen destructing today, but maybe a little film destruction. Hey, there you go. Uh, So we started this podcast because both Will and I are movie buffs. Where we differ is uh, I'm a bit of a soccer fan, and uh, Will is a filmmaker, and a uh, as well as a film buff. And he and I have been discussing films uh, since the beginning of our friendship back in 19 whatever. And uh, we decided to tackle soccer movies, movies focused on the beautiful game. And today we are talking about the Danish film Summer of 92. Mm-hmm. But before we tackle this movie, uh, we are also celebrating craft breweries. So, Will, what are you drinking today? Uh, well, today I am drinking, uh, it, since uh, the movie's name was uh, Summer, and it, uh, uh, the events happened during the summer, I'm drinking uh, a beer called Sunshine uh, from New Belgium, and uh, it's a, uh, a lovely brewery from Fort Collins, Colorado, USA. Oh, I, I th- I've had a lot of New Belgium. They're very good. They are good. They started off small, of course, every business does, and now they are where they are today. Awesome. Yes, and I am drinking uh, Elysian Men's Room, uh, one of my favorites. Elysian is a sponsor of uh, the Seattle Sounders, and uh, they're local here in uh, in the Seattle area. I'm in uh, Tacoma, Washington, by the way, and, and Will, uh, you're from Colorado, but you're actually, uh, uh, well, where did you move to now? Uh, well, I'm currently in Nevada, um, but uh, I've lived... Uh, yeah, I'm sixth generation from Colorado, um, but I've lived in a, a lot of different places, including uh, the UK um, and uh, several different cities around the United States. Yes, you are a, a journeyman in your own right, literally. <laughs> Indeed. So, so, it's one of those jokes that was funnier in my head, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway. It's complimentary. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, we all get around. I've, I've lived all over the U.S. as well. You Never have. really lived overseas. Been overseas many, many times, but uh, I've also lived all over the U.S. Um, and I am settled in the Pacific Northwest, and you are in the Rocky Mountains, I guess, eh? Or Death Valley? Uh, Death Valley, yeah. I, I suppose I'm in the desert now, from the mountains, from a mountain man um, uh, to a desert dweller. Yes. Uh, anyway, let's get to the movie. Summer of 92, or in Danish, Summer in 92. Uh, Direct. Directed by Castor Barfoed, um, released in August of 2015. It's based on the true story of Denmark's unlikely run in the 1992 UEFA European Football Championships. Uh, now, in 1992, I was 12. I think, Will, you were you were 11, I think, yeah? Uh, that's that's possibly. I was, I was either 11 or 12. Yeah. Are you familiar with Casper Barfoed? Uh, the filmmaker? Yeah, the director. Uh, a little bit. Um, I don't know much about them. I probably have seen their films, um, but uh, I have not been able to do any research on him in this particular, for this particular thing here. Sure. And I, I guess I should have asked you uh, ahead of time to maybe just do a little bit of research. But Denmark is uh, not as well known for their film history, <clears throat> for their film history as like Italy or England or Germany. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, although they have uh, some of the films they do make are quite good. Um, I'm familiar with uh, his film, The Lost Treasure of the Knights Templar. Um, I also know that he did The Candidate in 2008, um, The Numbers Station in 2013. 
Um, and I think his most recent film is called Below the Surface. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, this film is uh, based on a true story. It, it, and it follows Denmark's greatest ever football triumph in international football. Um, and the film talks about this. The, the Danish national team qualified for the UEFA championships uh, by a fluke because Yugoslavia, who had qualified for that summer's tournament, had their qualification revoked because of UN sanctions resulting from uh, the wars that were breaking out following the fall of uh, the Iron Curtain. And this film really focuses on the relationship between the team and the newly appointed manager, uh, Richard Moller Nielsen, or Nelson, I think it's pronounced, Nielsen, Nelson, something like that. and the man who is portraying uh, Richard Nelson was an actor named Ulrich Thompson, and he actually won the Danish Academy Award for his per- portrayal of the coach, uh, the only award that uh, this film won uh, in all of its uh, different nominations, at least according to IMDb. Mm. Uh, so, so, Will, what did you think of this film? Uh, well, I actually really enjoyed this film, uh, i got to be honest with you, man. Uh, it was really well made, um, and not being too familiar with the director, like this being my first experience, um, I was impressed with the nuance that he was able to get. Um, just small things like uh, towards the end of the film, he's having sort of his his speech to the uh, to the team before they go out there and do the last uh, bit of scoring. Um, and uh, if, if you look carefully, um, you'll notice that they have two shots, right? They go back and forth and uh, a shot that's sort of uh, over his shoulders looking at the team, and then, of course, you know, his medium close-up. Um, and if you look carefully, they did extra vignetting on him. So you're mm. solely focused on him as he's doing his speech. And it, so it really gives you this sort of sense that, you know, how important what he's saying and also his particular journey. Um, I really enjoyed um, how they how they broke down and they uh, – um, uh, they went into the personal lives of some of the uh, some of the teammates and how was it affecting them um, and the coach as well. And so it really gave a nice sort of um, personal touch. And I really, uh, uh, really like I really cared about what happened to this team. I don't know anything about soccer. Right. So I'm sitting here not going, I don't know what's going on in terms of like, you know, sort of the, the technical aspects of soccer and all that and not really familiar with what had happened, you know, um, in the in uh, is tournament. Is that like the right term tournament? Yeah. Tournament uh, championship. championship. Right. Yeah. OK. So I, I didn't know exactly what was going on, but um, in terms of that, but I really got wrapped up in in wanting the team to win. And uh, the director and the actors did a good job um, rolling me in and really making me care. Yeah. And one thing uh, that I would criticize the film for is talking about the importance of the European Championship. Um, sure. You know, when you're a filmmaker, I think you you have to assume that your audience already knows a little bit about the subject matter that you're you're going to be portraying, you know. Sure. Um, but uh, for an American uh, who just wants to watch a good movie and, like you, knows nothing about soccer, they probably mm-hmm. don't know the importance of the UEFA European Championships, uh, or sometimes they're even just called the Euros. And for a lot of soccer fans, the Euros is the second most important uh, international football competition with the exception uh, right after uh, the World Cup. So it's like the most important thing is the World Cup, then it's the Euros. So the Euros number two, World Cup, because, you know, everybody knows the World Cup. Right. Um, So, I mean, even I know the World Cup. Um, so, but I had not heard of the Euros before this film, actually. Uh, And uh, Even though you lived in England? (laughs) Well, you know, I was not a soccer uh, a hooligan, a footballer. 
uh, <laughs> myself. Um, the, the the sports that I that I actually um, uh, not partaked in, but uh, um, sort of got wrapped up in when I was in the UK was cricket uh, and and rugby um, because uh, my friends that's what they played, and so you know those are the games that I had seen, you know, and so those are the ones that I sort of uh, I got into, um, and. Um, uh, so, yeah, unfortunately, I heard people talking about it. But again, you know, I was like, you know, 15, 16 and a little bit more interested in uh, girls and uh, uh, smoking cigarettes, which I don't condone now. Girls, I do condone cigarettes. I don't. <laughs> I'm editing that part out. Um, nice. Thanks. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but yeah, so basically uh, the UEFA Euros are, are just a, um, a competition, an international competition uh, that is just uh, the, the top European nations. And uh, and obviously the World Cup is the top nations in the world. Uh, I don't remember how many nations were in the 1990 uh, World Cup, but 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 yeah. So it's the top European nations that are competing against each other for this trophy. And uh, Mueller Nelson helped uh, lead uh, the team. They actually didn't qualify for the 1992 Euros, but they were invited to compete in Yugoslavia's place because they finished below Yugoslavia in the qualification um, matchups, the, qualifica- the qualification process. So they were sort of next up, and because Yugoslavia had, was on the outs, right. um, these guys got to go in, um, which right. was a lucky stroke for this guy, you know, in terms of story in the film, was a lucky stroke for the coach. Um, exactly. Because, you know, as I'm watching it, you know, his, like, his career is over, you know, and, uh, and uh, all of a sudden he gets a second chance, and he really took it to him, and, like, they... I don't know. I was I was sort of inspired to to maybe do a little bit more more research on sort of this coach because didn't he win like they said it in the film in the end that he won like world's best coach that year or something like that. And yeah, he won the world's best coach, which was uh, awarded by one of the top. I believe it was World Soccer Magazine. Uh, oh, okay, that cool. Awarded that to him. Yeah, and it, it was like and, and again, you know, this is based on true stories, so you know, I don't know how much artistic leeway they took, but. Uh, you know, they really gave him hell. <laughs> you know, you're like you're watching this coach and you're watching this man, you know, who's just trying to do his best and they're really giving him hell, you know. And I really liked his journey, um, you know, so a man who's this brilliant coach, right, technically brilliant, um, obviously one of the best, right. In fact, one of his, like his assistant or something said, you know, says it at one point in the film, like, you know, you're the best coach that I've ever, I've ever seen, you know, but you're not a leader. And his right. arc from becoming someone who's so focused on the tech technical aspect and not connecting with his team to someone who really brings the team together and connects with them and they have a really good relationship in the end and then go on to win. It was a really nice journey to experience. Yeah, and really what they what they showed is uh, there's a term in, in uh, soccer circles uh, and maybe it, it exists in other sports as well, where which is to say the coach has lost the locker room. Which basically hmm. means he's he has lost the ability to communicate with his players, and the players no, are no longer listening. Whereas what we see in this uh, in this situation is the coach never had the locker room. He mm-hmm. he he went in not knowing how to communicate with his players, and you see this beautiful arch, and he learns how to communicate and mm-hmm. actually turn them from a bunch of really good players into a team. Yes, yeah, and they connect really well, and I and I I felt that they showed that really well um, in the film, um, and because you're and you're rooting for them to do that, because mm-hmm. you're seeing they're showing 
um, scenes of how hard he's working. He's watching the video. He's taking the notes. He's planning. He's watching the uh, the competing teams. So he really does know his stuff. And so you're rooting that he gets that that connection. And he was kind of sabotaged from the beginning by the news media, right? By the people of uh, uh, what would you call that? Uh, the soccer commission or or, or what? What uh, you the, you know? The Danish Football Association. Yeah, Danish Football Association, and they were all sort of rooting against him. Even that one guy who becomes like the head of it, right, or, right. or a high mucky muck right after leaving the job, he comes back and he just flat out tells him, I don't like you. You know, you're a heck. He even, you know, even, you know, calls him a heck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like our, like the entire country almost was against him and even his own team and how he was able to pull everybody together. It was, a, yeah. you know, it, it, not to be too cliche, but yeah, it was inspiring. I, I, I would say that to, in, in all honesty, I mean that, you know, I do not mean that in a cheeky way. Yeah, and you know, even though this was uh, Denmark's greatest football triumph, he uh, was still the head coach in uh, in real life. He was still the head coach going into the qualification for the 1994 World Cup. And guess oh, wow. what happened? What Denmark didn't qualify. What? Why not? Uh, they 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 didn't win enough games to to get there. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, uh, but he did go on to be the head coach of of both Finland and Israel. Uh, before going back to uh, going back to club football uh, in in his native Denmark, I see. So he had a decent career then, basically. Uh, yeah, he he had a he had a very strong career, and this and this is obviously the jewel in his crown. This achievement was the jewel in his crown. He also he did lead he did lead Denmark to the 1995 Confederations Cup, uh, which Denmark did win. Um, but it is the Confederations Cup is uh, soon to be defunct. I believe they have one more scheduled, and that's going to be the last one oh, that's uh, of bad. it. Yeah, but you know, I mean, you know, this is the soccer nerd in me. Nobody cares about the Confederations Cup anyway, so oh. uh, nobody's going to miss it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, it's interesting, you know, and I, I really enjoyed I enjoyed the fact that they, if I'm not mistaken, they were intercutting actual footage of the games and behind the scenes with the real footage. And I thought that was sort of a testament to the casting because the actors, to me at least, really looked like the real people. Yeah, they you know, did. So the, there were times where like the goalie uh, specifically, they had a shot of the, the actor and then they went and they showed some of the footage from the game. And I was like, hey, wait, that guy looks a little bit different. You know, and so um, I thought it was a good uh, thought it was good that they were able to get um, really good actors who were able to play the parts, uh, but who also looked like the actual people, which is tough, I suppose, when you're doing a true story, especially one that I'm sure was very, very, very popular and still well known in Denmark and around the world and obviously in soccer circles. Yeah, it is. It is one of those moments uh, that is still talked about in soccer circles. Uh, that and uh, Greece went on a great run in the Euros uh, one year as well. Uh, obviously, winning your confederation, an international confederation tournament, is is not an easy feat. Every so often in sports, you have that one Cinderella story where there's a team or a player that is not supposed to be there, and they just do it. See, and I think that's I think that's really interesting. Let me ask you a question about sort of the Cinderella sort of story, the term of it. I hear it in sports all the time, uh, but I'm always sort of curious why that particular fairy tale and how does it? What does that mean? Like when, you know, Cinderella. What does that like? How does that equate to sort of the underdog? Yeah, it's not just the uh, it's not just the underdog, but it's really it really has more to do with the idea of there. Here's a team that has absolutely no business being here. You know, mm. so with summer of 92, Denmark did not qualify to be in the Euros. They were invited. 
Um, I'm sure that there are other instances where there's a team that is invited. But, you know, for this movie, you know, Denmark was the Cinderella. They were not supposed to be at the ball. They were supposed to be back home. Uh, they were supposed to be doing whatever. Uh, their players were yeah. supposed to be playing with their with their clubs and, uh, you know, in the summer tournaments. And instead, here they are in this tournament that they're not supposed to be in. And they go on this amazing run and they win the whole thing. Just so like Cinderella. I see. Okay, so it's kind of like a, a sort of a fairy godmother sort of sort of happening where it's like a, their, their dress has been ripped up. They're not allowed to go to the ball. Fairy godmother comes and all of a sudden they're there and then they go and like you said they win the whole thing. Yeah, and okay. and you know in that movies, yeah, and you know in movies, uh, Rocky was a Cinderella story. You know, okay. he 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 should not have been fighting Apollo Creed, but you know here he is. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and uh, those glass slippers look pretty good on uh, he, Stallone. So. Yeah, they do. Just uh, go back to the film real fast. You know, I or at least uh, I guess what I just like to say real quickly is uh, Oleg Thompson, right? Did I say his name right? Uh, uh, Thompson. Rulick Thompson. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed his performance in this. Uh, and uh, he, you said he won uh, an Academy, uh, Danish the, Academy or the Danim- their, their equivalent? The Dan- yeah, the Danish Academy Award for uh, Best Actor that okay. year. Uh, yeah, he was he was fantastic. And he has a long career, obviously. Um, you know, if you go and you look at his filmography, he's been in a lot of different things. Um, and I was sitting there re- trying to recognize him. And I, you know, but I had seen him in like The Broken and One Shot and Hitman um, and uh, Kingdom of Heaven, I believe he was in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he definitely deserved it. I think I think he did a good job. Uh, I really found the the story about um, the uh, the couple with the child with cancer Mm. Um, I thought was a good uh, sort of B story, you know, B C story, um, and uh, I think that 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 brought a nice element to it. Where you know, again, just as a, as an audience member, not knowing much about soccer, made me want them to win all the more, you know. Um, and it didn't seem all that forced to me. It seemed like you know, of course, it's a true story, so it's not, you know, it actually happened. But uh, they did it in a way that was uh, was well crafted, you know. So I didn't feel like I didn't feel like you know, oh, okay, yeah, oh, and this kid. You know what I mean? Um, you know, so like everything is going wrong sort of thing. Um, it just it seemed very real to me. Again, it's a true story, but you can do a movie about a true story and none of it seems real. None of it seems yeah. forced. I just I just enjoyed it, period. I just thought it was a really, really good film and a well told story. Um, the lighting in it was really gorgeous as well. I would have to say that some of the shots were there was a few shots that were really breathtaking. Yeah, I, I have one criticism, one criticism about the film as in terms of uh, it being a film. And I know I already mentioned that they didn't talk about the importance of the Euros, uh, but they yeah. didn't yeah. give us at the end when they won the whole thing. They didn't give us a reaction of the soccer uh, of the Danish Football Commission saying that SOB. <laughs> yes, that would that would have been nice. I, I'll agree with you on there. Um, I was kind of waiting for um, the uh, uh, that guy's face. The 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 you know he's a sort of bigger actor. He's got a mustache. I can't think of yeah. his name. For, uh, forgive me, the guy who's in that movie, but uh, <laughs> he did a good job as well. But um, I I wanted to see that. I wanted to see him going. Oh, you know, his little butt hurt face going. Will 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 um, take it down a peg. You know, it would have been nice to see that guy taken down a peg a little bit. He deserved it. You know, and they gave the guys so much grief. They gave the coach so much grief. All right, so as a soccer movie, would you recommend this? Yeah, yeah, I would. And what about as a uh, as a movie movie? Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot of people who who don't watch soccer who could actually enjoy this film. Good story, good lighting, excellent acting. 
you know, it was it was fun. It was a good film. Awesome. All right. So any any parting thoughts here, Will, as we wrap this up? Uh, no. Now I want to go and play football for the Danish <laughs> team. <laughs> Especially because I get McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good film all around. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for suggesting it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is in my top 10 of films. I can see why. Yeah, I can yeah, see why. Definitely. Top 10 of soccer films or top 10 of, of, of films of all time? Uh, of films of all time, actually. Okay, yeah, I can see that. It's a good yeah. film. Yeah. All right, yeah. well, let's wrap it up. Uh, Will, uh, any, uh, any final parting thoughts on this one? Uh, no, I would suggest people go go check it out on Netflix. It's on there right now. They did a good job putting this film uh, on their platform, so I would suggest take the time, take the hour and a half, uh, hour 40 minutes, and uh, sit down and watch this film. Really fun journey. Even if you don't like subtitles, just bear with it. Read those subtitles. It's worth it. Trust me. Absolutely. All right. Well, you all enjoy your soccer movies. We'll catch you next time.